the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. George Soros buys 220 radio and TV stations. It's absolutely fantastic. Absolutely. How many in Chicago, Squirrel? What does he got? WBBM. I know that's one of them, right? Seven stations in Chicago. So this is how, oh, the score, those sallies, those sports sallies that don't want to fist fight. Nobody wants to fist fight anymore. You think Soros' kid does? No, I don't either. In the meantime, the reality is we're in this predicament because of propaganda. What George Soros is doing is leveraging himself because he understands that even the morons that have been voting Democrat for generations are aware what a crook Joe Biden and the new American mafia Democrats are. Everybody knows it. So he's going to double down on stupid and hope that there's still enough people to believe that the election theft didn't happen as they steal the elections in perpetuity. Because that's exactly what they're going to do. So I want you to hear from the real presidential candidate. It isn't this moron in diapers everybody's getting sick and tired of. Where is he? You can't hear him because he doesn't have the he doesn't have the voice to speak over noise. What I came to tell you was, I told you we'd be announcing sanctions on Russia. We'll have a major package announced on Friday. I'll be happy to sit with you all doing that. Okay. Once his group of communists, Marxists, and mafia members put it together, he'll read it to you and he'll stammer through it like he's been doing the last three and a half years, the last really 30 years, if you want to look into his record. So who's the real candidate? We have agency. We can shape the future. Future's not just something to experience. It's something to manifest. It's our decision. That's America's Trudeau. Any twosome newsome. A guy who's been caught in scandal after scandal, getting money. This is Getty Oil Money is the reason you know his name. His father was his lapdog, the original Getty. But Gavin Newsom is going to promote this climate change, which, by the way, all of the predictions, all of them, since Leonard Nimoy was Spock in Star Trek, have been wrong for 70 fracking years. Yet here we are allowing bureaucrats to backdoor take over our entire economy. It's absolutely beautiful. And it could only exist with propaganda, because like every other policy the Democrats come up with, every other policy, none of it works. It's all a fraud. So you have to release the propaganda. It's not conditions that will determine the fate and future of this planet as it relates to the issue of climate. And I couldn't be more proud in the tradition that is this office going back decades and decades and decades to take that baton to continue to advance these partnerships globally. He's a silver-tongued devil, isn't he, Squirrel? And he's the favorite asset 
of the World Economic Forum and the Fourth Reich. But the sad reality is people are starting to get nervous. They're starting to realize what fascism looks like American style. The New York Times reports several major investment firms are leaving a group founded to fight climate change. The group Climate Action 100 Plus says it's made up of 700 investment firms that manage $68 trillion in wealth. Wait a minute. That doesn't sound possible. In fact, that sounds like they're overestimating their asset. Where's Latithia? Give me that big fat son of a dog to sue him. You see, because this is the way I want to take it when government decides to bankrupt people. Because if you can make up cases with no plaintiff, if there's no victim and all you're going after people is puffery or bloviating over assets, then I think we've got an entire Wall Street to sue. And I am dead serious. For instance, let's take Zillow Squirrel. Zillow, you know, the, the real estate firm came up with a little website. Next thing you know, they went public and they started to pretend that they were in the real estate business. Well, it turns out Zillow has lost $6 billion by pretending to be real estate professionals. But what they've really done is lure Americans and hedge funds and 401k uh, uh, financial advisors to buy their stock by inflating the real estate values. So I think it's time we, we as, as American citizens, now we'll be the plaintiff. And we'll bring suits against Zillow, against Redfin, and anybody else who has been pontificating about the value of their assets. I think this could possibly be a big win for us. I mean, of course it's fascism. Of course it's the, antithi- the opposite of every rule of law in this country, the opposite of capitalism. This is the hand of government bankrupting anybody who it deems to be its enemy. What about we the people? Because after all, all of us have paid as these stocks and these scams and these hedge funds tell us what their assets are worth. How do we know what it is? It's time to sue. And I can't decide if I want to go after the real estate fraud, Zillow and Redfin and the rest of it, or if we go after the eco-Nazis. All right, Squirrel, you convinced me. Let's go after the eco-Nazis. Climate Action's mission is to have those investors to use their influence to get 170 target companies to reduce emissions. But opposition from states' attorneys general and some Republican lawmakers has made association with the group a legal and PR risk. For more, let's bring in... A legal and PR risk. So you know what solves that, Squirrel? 220 radio stations. Oh, it's true, because you can get these Marxist frauds, these bust-outs like at the score or WBBM. They'll do anything for money. They'll sell anybody. They'll parrot any kind of talking point. They're like Kamala Harris without the experience of losing their underwear. Aaron Kramer, he's president and CEO of the Business for Social Responsibility, or BSR, a global non How about just BS, social responsibility? How about just bull dung LLC? Because that's what all this is. And you ask yourself how we got here. Well, it's very simple. We've been propagandized in the same way the Germans were in World War One and Two, in the same way Europe was that became the Soviet Union, in the same way all totalitarian corrupt oligarchs who work in government, not in business, how they managed to turn their people into slaves. Thanks to Project Veritas, we have a leaked PR firm who was running cover before Letitia 
decided to make up a case and bankrupt Donald Trump. As the 2024 presidential election approaches, Americans are witnessing something that's never been attempted before. Efforts in multiple states to bar the current frontrunner for the Republican nomination, Donald Trump, from the presidential ballot. The following recording is a leaked company call from within a New York City-based PR company, Berlin Rosen, as they celebrate their efforts to support... I wonder if we could sue Berlin Rosen. I mean, they're in New York. We could sue them. Did anybody ask them what their company's worth? If they say it's worth more than, say, the government decides, let's sue them. Let's sue everybody. Port Crew, Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington, yeah. the organization responsible for funding the Colorado ballot lawsuit that has now made its way to the Supreme Court. Thanks to a brave insider concerned by what they believe to be anti-American efforts within the PR company, you can now listen in as Madison Avenue newsmakers celebrate their efforts to save democracy. With Colorado barring Trump from being on the state's primary ballot, which the Supreme Court heard oral arguments for yesterday. Um, and the week This is what the broader point is. Do not be distracted by the personalities, the two-bit whores that they put in the forefront as politicians, whether it's Barack Obama or Joe Biden. This is the cabal of communists and Marxists and mafia members that are very organized, very strategic to destroy this nation the way they destroyed our once great city, Chicago. This is exactly how it operates. It starts out with a plan of lies and propaganda turned into a policy. Then they become they have the mission of law and the law is the spear versus the shield of the honest man. That's what we've witnessed over the last 40 years when you look at the eco-Nazis, but last six years, very hardcore when it comes to resisting the government. And that's when you understand that no one believes Kathy Hochul anymore. Nobody. I just got off the phone with Attorney General Tish James and spoke to her about how this sends a strong message that in the state of New York, businesses, business people who commit fraud and to hide their assets. What's funny about this, when you really think about it, it's a complete reversal of the case. The allegation wasn't that he was hiding assets. is that It's that he was overvaluing assets, which goes to prove beyond the shadow of a doubt, there is no such thing as a rule of law in Democrat-run areas. None. Law is not your shield. It is their spear. And after they get the, the misappropriation of power, the ridiculous judgment to bankrupt you, they go on TV and lie specifically about what the case was about. And this is the governor who, by the way, was a Republican, became a never-Trumper, ran as a Democrat. Because in these Democrat areas, these idiots that make up the, the voting block, they'd vote for anybody, including Kathy Hochul, who looks scared. What is it with that look on her face? Is it the Botox? Did she stick a fork in the light socket? What are you afraid of, honey? will be caught and prosecuted, whether you're the president of the United States, a past president and forever past president of the United States, or you're an ordinary business person. No one above, is above the law here in the state of New York. And I congratulate her and her effort for making sure that that is a message that is heard loud and clear, not just here in New York, but across this entire nation. And in the meantime, what else have we been propagandized about over and over and over again? To buy the scam, which we know has misappropriated billions and billions. $170 billion. 
We have never before in the history of the United States flooded so much money into another country. 61% of our country lives paycheck to paycheck. Eight out of 10 families that make $50,000 or less don't have enough money to pay for their bills in two weeks when their, if their check doesn't come. They don't. 61% of Americans cannot write a check for $700. Can't write a check. An unforeseen expense. And we're sending billions and billions. How did you get here? Because political whores have managed to figure out a way of legal bribery, legal stealing of the people's money. So when they talk, pay attention, squirrel. Forget all these ratings that people have. The richest. Putin is probably the richest person in the world. But you're the richest congressperson that came from nothing and is worth hundreds of millions of dollars. How did you and your stinky hammer husband, how did you acquire the wealth? Oh, you front ran policies that you were crafting. You bastardized the principle of our politics to enrich yourself, didn't you, dummy? And when it comes to valuing your assets, you do what Penny Pritzker does. You undervalue. Can we sue her? Let's sue her, too. I'm the richest person in the world. Forget all these ratings that people have. The richest person in the world. He's also the most, well, not the most evil, stiff competition for that honor, but nonetheless uh, among the top three or four. And what's the quality of California since this policy whore, this dingbat, represented San Francisco? What has happened to the quality of life in California? Yet here we are. She's still viable. And what is she, a statesman? She's just an old hag whore who profited from policies. Most evil people in the world. What does he have on Donald Trump that he have to constantly be catering to Putin? You mean the way you are catering to Ihor Kolomoisky and his pretend government that suspended elections referred to as Ukraine? The same country that was killing its own people for eight years? What do they have on you, toots? Or do they have more on Penny Pritzker? Telling Putin, go into these countries, NATO countries. NATO was there to stop Russia to keep Russia. No, no, no. Hey, dummy. Hey, whore. By the way, she got the sniffles, doesn't she? Let's call her eight ball. Hey, eight ball. It was for the Soviet Union, not Russia. After the collapse of the Iron Curtain and Soviet Union. Why do we even have NATO? Huh, dingbat? They have been successful for nearly 75 years. We will celebrate that. Do you think that this dingbat knows that Russia was our alloy ally? Ally? In World War II? Do you think she understands that it was good old Uncle Joe Stalin that beat the Third Reich? Do you think she understands she's a great asset to the Fourth Reich? I don't think she knows if it's Tuesday or July. Uh, security success. And then we have, what's his name? She, I usually have him nameless, saying um, he doesn't support NATO. His name is Donald Trump. Now, what is the name of the guy that was in the car with your husband? What was his name when he got in the car accident for the DUI? Was it the same guy with the hammers and no underpants on? And, and uh, uh, invited, encouraging Russia to invade NATO countries. He, the threat isn't Vladimir Putin. The threat to our country is the Democrat mafia that has been stealing our freaking money. And she goes on news to pretend to be a statesman. 312-642-5600. Make money, smoke cigars, and live free on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The AM560. The answer. Nancy Pelosi. 
hundreds of millions of dollars. Chinese investment. The husband drunk with questionable friends. Very questionable friends. DUIs, political scandals, corporate scandals. She avoids it all. And nobody knows specifically how much money she's worth. What they do know is her two real estate holdings, just two, are in excess of $50 million. Yet she values her one winery at less than a tenth of what it's worth. There's no lawsuits. None. In the meantime, she still holds a very powerful position. How? Is it because the constituents are on the take? Welfare roaches? Could be. But one thing's for certain. It's because she's propagandized. He who shall not be named. I know Voldemort well, so there's another guy kind of like him. What do you- By the way, this is Pippi Lystocking. Another one who started with Obama was the spokes idiot for the dimwin and diapers. Now makes a tremendous amount of money on a fraud network. Think we're all wondering this question, Speaker Pelosi. What do you think Putin has on him? I mean, it sure seems like something, as you've said a few times, given that he refused. Hear a sniffing in the background, squirrel? You know what that is? You know what they used to call that in the 80s? Mm-hmm. Eight ball. uses to criticize him, that he seems to be a fanboy of him. Are, are you worried well, you at know, all? Uh, okay. the Mueller. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Well, first of all, first of all, we must be sure that he does not step one foot into the White House. Not as president or not as anything. He has brought disgrace to the White House, to these presidents. The Democrat Party is the definition of disgrace. You could pretend it's failure, but it's a disgrace. Look at the once great city. How many aldermen have gone to prison? How many have gone unencumbered by lawsuits because they had too much clout? What happens to the ones with clout that are caught? Nothing. What happens to their partners in their investment groups as they run? They are the definition of a disgrace. What the Democrat mafia has done to this country, no enemy foreign could do. So I've been working on Senator Robert Menendez for more than a decade. And a while ago, we received a secret dossier at the Post. And I just happened to go back through my files and started reading it again and saw Menendez telling an old girlfriend, a woman that he was having an affair with back in 2007, that he had a safe full of bundles of cash. So th- How many safes are like that in the aldermen's houses? How many Democrats scum have we caught with 70,000 in a refrigerator? How many? In the meantime, she's going to talk about a disgrace. Her very existence is the disgrace. Chuck and Dullivan. Hey, thanks for mentioning my band, Snippin' in the background. Hey, no so, so this is what's going on. We got Shearson, Lehman. We got the Rothschild family over in Europe who financed both sides of World War I and World War II. And we got Averill Harriman. Barbara Bush's grandfather, the guy that went around and owned every railroad in the United States, and he he blew up Jesse James's house and took his uh, really? his uh, mentally handicapped brother and killed him and killed his mom. Right? Really? So All these right. are the guys we're up against. Did he have a so, pearl necklace on? Go ahead. No, he didn't. But yeah. okay, so so years ago, I don't know, fifteen, twenty, whatever, on six seventy uh, a.m. There were two guys, and on a Friday, they just started talking about uh, those were the original, the names I named, those they were the original owners of the Federal Reserve. And when they when we gave our money away and let them start printing money for us, well, those guys, they started talking. There were two guys, 670 Radio. They started talking about the Federal Reserve, and it yeah. was on a Friday morning. I was like, this ain't going to be good. 
and on Monday they were fired. They were well, fired. There were, they had somebody else. A, there, there, I'm not suggesting you're not right about that, but there were 13 invited members to Jekyll Island who came up with the concept of the Federal Reserve. There are no official owners. That's the beauty in it. In fact, you want to talk about something that should be audited or sued to find out who exactly holds ownership in it, you think it would be the Federal Reserve. They're the ones that are responsible for the fact that 61% of Americans can't write a check for $700. They're also the ones who have sold the second plank of the Communist Manifesto to America called the Progressive Income Tax that assures their power and their strength. And they own every one of these rat politicians, every one of them, except for the very few fearless that are willing to talk out against the corruption. don't have enough money to pay their bills, and you want to put Ukraine first. This is why the Democrat Party is losing the working man. We recognize that they do not want to send their hard-earned money and taxes halfway across the world. Nobody does. And only the connected don't pay taxes. 312-642-5600. This is the Sean Thompson Show. Where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Nancy, sniffing up the fat ones. The controlled demolition of our country is what we're experiencing. So that the political whores can become overlords and oligarchs the way the Soviet politicians did. That's exactly what is happening. The question I have is how come people can't see this? I mean, everywhere there's a Democrat, there's another scallywag whore stealing money. This immediately struck me as, oh my God, because in the latest indictment against the senator, this is the second indictment for essentially corruption. And No, 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 honey. The first one was he was flying on a private jet of a campaign contributor to Costa Rica or some third world hellhole to have sex with underage hookers for $30 a pop. And he beat it. The Democrats in New Jersey said, that's all right, Bob, you're our guy. Bribery. The feds found on a raid of his home in New Jersey, $500,000 in cash that just happened to be lying around the house. So as soon as... See, now, if this were to happen to, say, little Dick Durbin, he's got an excuse. His wife, portly though she may be, is a lobbyist, does very well. He could also say it was his cousin's money. He's a lobbyist, too. Does very well. How do they do well, Squirrel? They found a legal pathway to bribe senators and congressmen called lobbying. As I saw that from 2007, him bragging to an old girlfriend, I thought, oh, we've got a story that lines up with the indictment today. And if that's all true, then going back all those years, Menendez was allegedly bragging to the women in his life that he had all this money from the alleged favors he was doing for developers, politicians. Senator Menendez was indicted last September on bribery charges along with his wife, Nadine Menendez, and three other co-indictees. He was also indicted for conspiring to work as a foreign agent for Egypt and Qatar. Every Egypt and Qatar? Why, that's the homeland of what? Not good guys? No, no, no. Those 7th century theocrats who are blowing stuff up to this day. 
as they have been doing since 622, because they can't pull their head out of their ass. That's exactly why. They fight without uniforms. Uniforms are for parades and, and uh, propaganda movies. Fighting in civilian clothes and civilian shoes without insignia. And you see it even in Hamas videos. They'll show a guy in uh, sweatpants and uh, hoodies, and sneakers, running out you know, on the street, firing an RPG, Allahu Akbar, and then running back. When or if and when he gets... It's Aloha snack bar, buddy. Killed, he'll be killed in civilian clothes. Uh, and I'm sure that the Palestinian health ministry, the Gaza health ministry, will write him down and it will be reported in international media as a 22-year-old Palestinian man who was killed by Israeli forces. Why? Gee, nobody could figure that out? You could figure that out when you watch the videos. This is a circumstance that could not exist without propaganda. Government central propaganda that's why george soros owns 220 radio stations seven of them in chicago so wbbm you could kiss my ass too and here's the difference between us and them couldn't help but notice on a, a, a news feed because i don't watch the comedy channel i did not know who john oliver was as he went on national tv uh, through the comedy channel and tried to bribe clarence thomas Last week, tonight, host John Oliver making a bid to convince the longest-serving justice on the Supreme Court to retire. Yeah, Oliver offered to pay conservative Justice Clarence Thomas $1 million a year for the rest of his life and offered him a new luxury RV if Thomas would agree to step down. And this comes after Oliver devoted the lion's share of his season premiere to examining the allegations of conflict of interest surrounding the justice. So here's the thing. He offered him a $1 million a year in an RV an open bribe to a Supreme Court justice. But what he doesn't understand is that Clarence Thomas, Clarence Thomas has that funny little thing that you and I have. It's called character. See, George Soros in one of the other 20 or, or seven in Chicagoland, but 220 stations that he bought, he couldn't pay me 10 million a year, not 10 million a year, to spew that Marxist propaganda, which has enriched this government pimp since the beginning of his business career right after he stopped working for the Third Reich. Couldn't do it. But the Democrats, they'll say anything for money, like John Oliver, who's too stupid to understand. He's not focusing on the real problems that are destroying our country. And then take a look at this fentanyl bust in uh, Nogales, Arizona. CBP officers at the port of entry there seizing over 360,000 fentanyl pills. 333,000 were strapped to a human smuggler's body. Or excuse me. One illegal alien, one, had enough pills to wipe out the East Coast. And nobody's upset about that. We've got to send money to Ukraine. Ukraine can kiss my ass, too. Bob Oaklawn. Yeah, first of all, I love your show, Sean. I appreciate the joy you bring to me every day. Thank you, thank you. Also, also Aloha Snack Bar. <laughs> That's right. Aloha, snack bar. Wait, I, got, I got Kamala Harris, the office tramp, telling you how you got to support them, too. But go ahead. Yeah, golden knee pads. Hey, uh, the reason why they're dumping all this money into Ukraine and why, uh, what's his name, is the big boogeyman, is because Ukraine was knee-deep in all that Russian collusion. They know all the people who are involved. They know all the senators who are involved. Plus, they all get kickbacks. I mean, you know... Oh. Mitch, cocaine Mitch, he all gets he gets his cut. You know, they all get cuts right. back from Ukraine. Well, Bob, what supports you is massive amounts of information and documentaries proving beyond the shadow of a doubt that Ukraine was before the war, 
the war, the most corrupt country in all of Europe. But that explains exactly why our political whores want to send more money and more money. But you know who didn't want to send money, Squirrel? Trump. And I really hope that Russia, because I really believe that President Putin would like to do something. I really hope that you... 2019. Did you hear what he said? 2019. Long before, because he understood the game. He understood what things were going, the direction things were going in. He also understood that we, the American people, were supporting 20, over 20 biolabs that was making everyone in Russia and Ukraine very nervous. Why were we funding biolabs? Not to mention the money laundering scheme that Ukraine had with the Obama administration. And I really hope that Russia, because I really believe that President Putin would like to do something, I really hope that you and President Putin get together and can solve your problem. And he's talking to that little dwarf, the belly dancer, Zelensky, the comedian, Ihor Kolomoisky's pocket boy. He was talking directly to him as his feet were dangling off of the chair. And in the meantime, what happened? Exactly what Trump said. It would be a tremendous achievement. And I know you're trying to do that. They're not trying to do that because there's more money in rebuilding. And all of the crooks are in the woodwork waiting for that day when the checks start getting written. And that's exactly what we're up against. People that have been in this country, they maybe came from Cuba 45 years ago. They've worked here their entire lives. They retire. They get $800, $900, $1,000 a month from Social Security. And then they run into somebody who just got here from Cuba three months ago, 29 years old, doesn't work, and is given $1,500 a month in benefits by our government because they're refugees. That refugee, a year later, is traveling back to Cuba 15 times. You're a refugee fleeing oppression from a place that you now go back and visit 15 times the following year. And in the meantime, we're giving you Medicaid, food stamps, health care for your children, cash payments from the refugee fund. So imagine if you've been working here for ah that was only five years ago when we had a problem from cuba now times it by what about 30 million bill and waukegan uh yes sir uh not to be uh paranoid or a conspiracy theorist but if i was the ccp the chinese communist party the military that's what they are wouldn't it make sense with all the farmland that you're buying up in america and with all your chinese illegal aliens coming into the country and all the other anti-American illegal aliens to come and make little bases all over the country, military bases. Well, that's that's exactly what's happening. But I want to, I want to, I want to help you with something because once again, it's a, it's, it's a circumstance of propaganda. The idea that they take your theory, which is what it is, which is based on fact, Your theory is based on fact, and they would disqualify it or try to put you on the defense by calling it a conspiracy theory. Shows you just how successful the gangster government has been at keeping the walls up so people allow once great cities to be destroyed like New York and Chicago and L.A. and all the rest of it. This is not a conspiracy theory. In fact, Bill, what you're describing is what's going on. Thank you very much for the call. And over the weekend, Fox cameras witnessed hundreds of Chinese nationals crossing illegally here in Hakumba. Again, most of them single adults, very few, if any, with little children with them. John and Sandra, this is not normal. These numbers are... Of course it's normal. The asset to corruption around the world, and specifically the Chinese Communist Party, is soiling the Oval Office as we speak. The dimwit in diapers has been on the take for decades from the Chinese Communist Party. There's traces of 24 million from 
Chinese communists and oligarchs in Ukraine in his checking account. And Trump's at the one on trial. And the only conclusion you can come to is not that of a conspiracy theory. It's the fact of what reality is. Shooting through the roof when it comes to the Chinese. Just to put it in perspective, look at this stunning graphic. CBP source is telling Fox News in the last four and a half months since October 1st, there have been more than 20,000 Chinese nationals encountered at our southern. How many since Joe Biden stole the election? Because they have their assets in place. 312-642-5600. He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on The Sean Thompson Show. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Did Trump raise the bond money yet, Squirrel? We figured it out. Reed Hoffman get his money's worth. I hear he's still in the race, right? He's running that front, that whore, moron policy whore who's made more money from Boeing and corrupted oligarchs who financed the Duchess of Chaffington, Hillary Clinton, Nikki Haley. She's still running, right? Of course she is. The Never Trumpers have to have somebody in the race. In the meantime, what is their stance on fentanyl and the border and the money laundering scheme of foreign policy? I haven't seen Jonah Goldberg or Stephen Hayes who really are the example of character versus conscience. A drug smuggler's body, another 330,000, uh, as, uh, as well as 4.7 pounds of pure fentanyl powder were found in a drug smuggler's spare tire. And back out here live. Gee, I wonder how many they didn't catch. Well, enough to kill 130,000 Americans a year. Frank in Crystal Lake. Hey, how you doing? Good, Frank. How are you? Oh, I love what you said. I don't give a rat's buttocks about Ukraine. Oh, I don't, please. believe no. me. No, it's I don't care about, Listen, first of all, I love America. This is my country. As an immigrant, this is my country. I love it. Yeah. I don't care about Ukraine. I don't give a rat's buttocks about Israel either. Okay? I want to make sure the borders closed. Get rid of these corrupt politicians and throw them with the illegals to Mexico, where they're coming from. Well, they're if not Mexico all coming doesn't, from there. Hey, wait a minute! If Mexico doesn't want them, but they're coming through them, here you brought them here, take them back. Well, I, they're I the mean, greater problem joke. is it's they're coming from around the world. That's the problem. They're coming from all around the world, specifically communist countries, corrupt, oligarch-run countries that are the direct adversary to our principles of Americanism. But then again, so is Joe Biden. So is Kamala Harris. The policies aren't to strengthen America, it's to weaken America and to enrich those who would continue to harm our nation and bring it down because that's the dirty little secret nobody wants to talk about. Do you think that Ukraine can survive a year this year on the battlefield without American aid? Ukraine needs our support. And we must get it. What if they would have never been on the battlefield? What if you could have just brokered an agreement like the one that they had that Ukraine violated called the Minsk Accords? What if you could just revisit all of it and listen to Donald Trump, who wanted an agreement of diplomacy versus an act of war? After all, what exactly is the carbon footprint of the war? Uh, Let's ask Newsom. Because we understand that we are, you know, we recognize our own inadequacies. 
there's a humility here and grace as it relates to the world we're living in and a need to understand. Humility and grace. Is fascism, despotism, warmongering, war profiteering, is that humble? Does that show grace? No. There's a humility in being a slave and being compliant with the corrupt, like Gavin Newsom. And nobody wants to look into the fact that's Getty money. And he has not only been subsidized, but has diverted his investments into the solutions called alternative energy, when the real alternative energy and the real reusable energy is oil and natural gas that brought this country the most prosperity and comfortable life known to man. And what Gavin Newsom wants to do is take it away. Craig, I'm out great Oh, hey, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. You're, you're, right, you're right on the button as usual, but you came up with something. That idea you were talking about, about suing these people. Now, here's what they left did. They opened up the door wide open for red states to take and come in. Basically, you got the, the uh, uh, Clintons with them five, half million dollar speeches. Somebody got ripped off on that. You got those paintings that the Bidens are selling to me. People got ripped off on that. Why don't these red states start no, no, no. suing these? You can't sue the politicians who have figured out a legal way to take bribes, which is what they've done, which is what you're talking about. What I'm talking about is suing their partners in corruption. The companies on Wall Street that have overvalued their assets because they face no audit and have lured people into purchasing their stock. That's who you can sue. Zillow, for example, lost $6 billion telling people that they were making money rehabbing homes when they were not. Sue them. Pat Lombard. Yeah, i just like to say, speaking of suing people, how about Kim Fox? I mean, did you see how these three goons are out there all vying for uh All Democrats. Yeah, all Democrats. All will do the same one. I say we go with a Burke. Let's ignore the last name. Let's get the old-fashioned Chicago Mafia in place. We'll be back. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so My next guest has taught as an adjunct professor of finance at New York University's Stern School of Business. His opinion pieces have appeared everywhere, from the Wall Street Journal to the New York Post. For four decades, he worked on Wall Street, some of the industry's most known names, from J.P. Morgan to BlackRock. He has a new book out called The Race to Zero, How ESG Investing Will Crater the Global Financial System. He is Paul Tice. Paul, thank you for joining me. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well, Sean. Thanks for having me. Now, you specialized in the arena that I believe to be one of, if not the, most manipulated markets on the planet. I came to this conclusion very early on after reading the book Titan. And you realize how politicians have managed to control this market of energy, whether it's oil or natural gas or any of the spinoffs. And I'm wondering if you've come to the conclusion that there is no such thing as ESG or global warming. It's just more political power used as a spear to control the common denominator of 
all things known to man, known as energy. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the important themes of the book, um, that, you know, ESG, for all the focus on uh, diversity and, and social justice and some of the more cultural issues, you know, ESG boils down to basically climate change. Uh, no matter who you talk to on the other side, climate change is, is the number one priority. So it is all about controlling the energy sector, and controlling means defunding it. Um, you know, fossil fuels have driven capitalism for the last 200 years. Uh, it drives economic growth, so it's really the growth engine. So this is all about economic control. And, you know, if, if you roll it forward between now and 2030, according to the, to the current tra trajectory, you know, it doesn't look good for the markets or the macroeconomic picture. So I thought it was important for someone from within Wall Street, an insider, to kind of give that perspective, because up until now, no one's been allowed to, like, speak out about it. Well, the funny thing is, is that history has proven the predictions of politicians wrong for 70 years. That's just the fact. And if you go back to when Jimmy Carter said we only had 35 years of oil, I mean, it's completely laughable. The reality is this is something that we still don't fully understand. In fact, it could be a byproduct of the Earth itself, which is why there are oceans of it under everywhere. And without government controlling it, the standard of life would be fantastic everywhere as well. Why don't they want the standard to be higher instead of the costs? Well, I mean, it, it's, you know, it, it's a false argument that they're making that, that uh, uh, carbon is a pollutant. Um, it, but it's the latest in a long line of, of attacks on the oil and gas industry. You know, if you go back 100 years, it was because of economic concentration in terms of control. So you had during the trust busting era, we had to break up uh, standard oil. And then it was like a geopolitical risk, national security. We can't depend on foreign producers in the Middle East. And then for the last 60 years, it's been environmental. And initially it was like the, you know, the traditional environmental. We don't like oil spills. Uh, then it became kind of a, a peak oil discussion where we're going to run out of it, as you say. <laughs> and that may not be true uh, based on what we're learning. And now it's really the environmental argument is, is all about climate, which, again, the data uh, and the science really don't support that. There are a lot of loopholes, and the story has been changing for decades. But still, we're at this point where the other side is not going to give up. So I think we need to acknowledge that and, and think of ways to kind of reverse this. But it's, I, it's all about a control. Yeah, I'm fascinated that fact does is, is fact of, of, of the predictions being wrong, fact of, of our own history proving the predictions wrong seem to be irrelevant this is shocking to me and this idea that we even use the language for instance when, when i don't believe there's such a thing as fossil fuels this is not bones and this is not dinosaurs if that was the truth we could go to cemeteries and pull oil out of the ground but we can't i believe it's a product of the earth itself there's so much we don't know but one thing we know is they didn't really break up standard they just diversified it and they created a cartel a conglomerate to price fix and I'm wondering, is it just that people are afraid to ask the questions about the price fixing of OPEC in conjunction with politicians and the fact that we found oceans uh, back in the Obama years under the northwest continent in North America? We still have no idea how many thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of years of, of oil we have under there. And the only thing preventing us from driving the price to next to nothing is the fact that governments will not let our companies or ourselves go and get it. This is something that, for some reason, it gets lost in all arguments, and I don't understand why. Yeah, I mean, it's the whole sustainable argument, 
you know, as it was originally applied to oil, you know, was false. I mean, obviously, every passing year, we, we discover new economic sources of oil. So it clearly is sustainable. Exxon and Chevron have been around for 140 years, and they are clearly sustainable companies, no matter how you define that term. Um, but I, I think at the end of the day, going after oil and gas, constraining supply is about controlling the economy. And, you know, it clearly is resonating in the financial markets. No one is questioning it. They should, because, again, this is based on kind of uh, a futuristic outlook decades down the road based on flawed data right now. I mean, that violates a number of, you know, you know, basics when it comes to financial modeling. So why we're applying a different standard to climate modeling and then basing, you know, economic decisions right now and shutting down oil and gas production um, based on a problem that may not exist, you know, it, it's astounding, but it just shows you the power of the other side in terms of, of shouting down critics, you know, calling people deniers. Uh, it works, and, and people on Wall Street are not willing to, to kind of have that fight. Um, but there's plenty of oil around the world, and it would drive a lot of economic growth. So if we're going to shut that down, it's going to lead to less economic growth, less mobility for people, um, in the country and less economic freedom. I, I think um, where, I, where I'm having a hard time is I overestimated the character of the individuals who became very wealthy in this country. Uh, not just guys like yourself, but people all over the country who became very wealthy because they were able to partake in the economy. And I thought, in particular when it came to Wall Street, that they would fight off the corporatism that had been nipping at the heels of markets for decades. I thought that they would successfully fight it off. And when they beat that cap-and-trade boondoggle, where Hank Paulson, Al Gore, and a couple other key investors, including Greenspan, I believe, tried to implement the cap-and-trade exchange in Chicago uh, back in, like, 2006 or seven, whatever it was, when they were working on it, maybe even four. And uh, it, it had lost. It was a political a win for the good guys. I thought that it would go away. I didn't realize how many Wall Street oligarchs would be interested in revitalizing a cap-and-trade system. In your opinion, is that the next shoot to drop in the fascist takeover of the energy sector? I, I think the problem, if you look at Wall Street and why they've been so complacent over the last you know, 15 years, it's because of you know, what happened during the, the financial crisis in 08. And initially, there was the need to signal virtue again because Wall Street was being blamed for wrecking Main Street. You know, we heard about that throughout the Obama administration. Um, and then I think the Fed policy has kind of deteriorated analytical schools, uh, analytical skills across the, uh, the industry because there's no volatility in the market. And so it's kind of created this, this um, you know, fertile ground for ESG to come in and make inroads. Um, and, you know, CEOs, if you're running a public company, they don't want to object to that in, in public because, again, you, you need to get into a climate change uh, discussion and no one's willing to do that. So I think a lot of what we're dealing with now on the ESG front is because of inroads in the wake of the, of the crisis. But it, to your question about cap and trade, you know, I, I think ESG is, is accomplishing all of this. I don't think, yeah. you know, a carbon tax, you know, I thought that was the game. And the industry certainly has thought that that's what everyone was playing for. But we've seen the last few years that if you can just run deficit, it doesn't really matter about generating revenues from a carbon tax. So, you know, the playbook that they, that they used on tobacco doesn't apply in this case. 
I think we need to take the other side of the word that a lot of them really want to shut down fossil fuels. And effectively, they've already done that with coal in this country. So we need to take them serious when it comes to crude oil and natural gas, which are the next two in line. So I think cap and trade, no, I, I think the end goal now is really to shut down the industry. And they actually believe what they're saying around the transition. That's even worse. Because I like the years when they knew they were lying, when Al Gore and Hank Paulson knew it was a money laundering scheme and a scam. Uh, now, they've, if you have the true believers, now you're dealing with the kind of insanity that uh, what we see around the world as kids are destroying arts of work and they're willing to tie themselves across highways. I mean, this is an insane issue that should be able to be beat with science and reason. And the fact that people, is it just that they don't know how important this specific commodity, whether we talk about oil or natural gas, but specifically oil, how, how important it is to our life and how we have been able to master it and how it is the common denominator of everything from what's above us to what's below us to what allows us to communicate? Do, is there just an ignorance to how important oil is? Well, I, I think it's important that, that the industry and everyone opposed to this, you know, speaks up more about all the positive benefits. But to be honest, you know, I think the people on the other side understand that. And, and that's why they're trying to, to shut it down. Because again, it, it, it democratizes the economy, right? People have more mobility. If you're dependent on an electric car and, and a power mm-hmm. grid that is unreliable, then that restricts your mobility. If you have a 20-minute city or a 15-minute city or what have you, then your mobility is constrained. Um, you know, if you start tracking carbon emissions at the personal level, then that obviously is kind of like a Chinese um, social credit score. Yes. You know, so actually fossil fuels and emissions allows you to control everyone in the economy. So I think the other side knows this in terms of the benefits, um, and it hasn't stopped them. And the fact that we're 40 years into this, um, it really goes back to the 80s that the U.N. started this push for climate change and sustainability and then ESG. Um, You know, I think we have to acknowledge that there are some people on the other side you really can't convert with reason. Paul, are you shocked at the lack of contrarians? I mean, you were around in the 80s. Uh, are you shocked at the lack of, of people of means who resist the, the, the bull dung, for lack of a better phrase, the guys who we used to know from the 80s and 90s who made money maybe selling short or made money proving the science wrong, and just say, you're full of it? Or has Wall Street managed to become an OPEC cartel itself, and you cut enough of these guys in, and the lie becomes truth? I, th- I think the problem is Wall Street has always had a motto that you keep your head down, you focus on making money, right? And, you know, they're, they're very good at that. And I think that was one of the, the problems going into the crisis is that you, you had these bad government policies in terms of pushing more um, subprime mortgages into the system. And the industry was very good at solving how you convert those into securities to free up capacity without thinking about what it was doing in terms of layering and risk across the entire industry, right? So the industry doesn't think about the long-term implications. They're just focused commercially on how best to solve a problem over the short term. And I think that's what's happening with ESG. They've been presented with a problem um, or an issue. They they see a way to make money on it, uh, either on the underwriting side, if you're doing green bonds or, or something labeled as such, or if you're raising a fund that charges higher fees. So there's enough to grease the, the wheels here 
for Wall Street players um, not to say anything. But it's very difficult for, for people who are still working in the industry to speak up because, you know, if you disagree with a policy coming down from the CEO, you know, you're not going to get paid and probably eventually you're going to get fired. And good luck, luck looking for a job if everyone is, is thinking the same way. And, yes. you know, I, ex- I experienced that over the last few years of my, of my career in the public pieces that I would write. And increasingly, I would get more and more grief about having a public view that that disagreed with with that of the CEO. So I, I appreciate it. The only reason why I could write this book is because I retired from my last day job a couple of years ago. Uh, yeah. But, but the people within the industry, you know, if you're at a different point in your career, you don't have the luxury of walking away from your job. Yeah, there's a lot of money in, in corruption and extortion, and you, <laughs> few guys hate it enough to buck up against it. Uh, that's kind of what I miss about the Mercantile Exchange. You had about 300,000 guys that wanted to argue with everybody. But it, it, it's, I always thought that, that the guys who understood the energy market were the, the true experts in climate change and misinformation, and I relied on that being the fact and fighting back against it. And when I see your book, I realize you're one of those people who wants to Tell the truth more than go along to get along. The new book is called The Race to Zero, How ESG Investing Will Crater the Global Financial System. And in all of your research for the book, did you figure out how climate change built the ghettos versus Democrat politicians? Uh, I actually did one of the longer chapters is about climate change. So, um, I, you know, you really just have to look at all the different – I approached it as an investment. And yeah. I look for the fatal flaws up front because you don't want to waste your time on something that's not going to fly. And so I just go through all the different fatal flaws in the logic and the data and, and the way it's being marketed politically. So hopefully that, that, that's helpful to people. I think Americans intuitively understand that it, it is basically a scam. Yes. Um, and, and this gives them some ammunition to at least speak out more about it in public. I think what we all need to do is, is not be afraid to speak you know, speak obvious truths, starting with climate change. And then I think that will help. Uh, eventually, the energy sector, which I've been very surprised in terms of how complacent they've been, mm-hmm. you know, to your, to your point, they know more about climate science. I agree with that, uh, that point. They've known more about it through their scientists, but they have not been willing to come out and say, you know, uh, this doesn't really hang together, right? So even yeah. they have been cowed into a certain degree of compliance, and, and I think they're taking a cynical view that you're not going to be able to get rid of all fossil fuels between now and 2050. And we and every company has the same view. We will be the last man standing. That's allowed them to be divided and conquered, unfortunately. And, th- and they're losing their platform. You know, I think it's, it's a, one of the more patriotic industries that we have. Um, and they need to be speaking up more because if this goes the way it's going, it's going to be very negative for every American consumer, particularly at the lower end of the, the income strata. Yes, it's our fault. We should have never called it oil. We should have called it organic miracle juice. Paul? Yeah, well, I'm actually, the fossil fuel thing, a lot of people have been talking to me. About, I, I agree with that now. I'm going to try and ban fossil fuels because, as you say, you know, it, it's a naturally occurring one based yeah. on the science that's coming out. Yeah, which is why our government didn't worry about it when they blew up Nord Stream 2. In the meantime, Paul Tice, thank you, by the way. I have the book. And I can't wait to meet you because I'm going to want you to sign it. I love the fact that you had the courage to write it. I know the risk you took, but we need people like you to take it because you can explain it perfectly. The book is called The Race to Zero. Go out and get it now. Thank you very much for making time for me. Uh, Thanks, John. Thanks for having me. Thank you. We'll be back with your calls and comments. 
Call Sean now. 312-642-5600. AM560, the answer. Completely manipulated markets. People who were insignificant, now oligarchs in this country, controlling our economy. The reality is Bidenomics is meant to put more and more people on government sustenance in one form or another because what they've learned from destroying once great cities is that once you gain your sustenance from government, your housing from government, your food from government, you become a good slave and you vote Democrat in perpetuity. Why do you think that people... Uh, all these polls show like a lot of voters look back on the Trump years and they think they didn't like a lot about it, but they think the economy was good in the Trump years. <laughs> and I know that like we weren't, I know, well, at the end, clearly. And then at the end when COVID happened and, you know, they, they figure, oh, well, COVID happened all around the world. And so, of course, the economy went south. But, you know, before that, Donald Trump was uh, he was presiding over an OK economy. You know, again, I don't know. I, I can't exp- I can't explain polling. No, I mean, I, I yeah, can't. No. You can't explain the economy because you're a communist, but you're worse than a communist. You're a corporatist. In fact, you used to be a lawyer for credit card companies, and you would always manage to create little carve-outs so they were unfettered by the amount of interest they charge consumers, right? Elizabeth Warren, Focahannes, cheekbones like Chuck Connors, thought she was an Indian instead of the cowboy that killed him. I I can't, and I can't explain how the narratives come to be i also can't explain how sensitive are they i'm going to now sound like the professor i used to be how sensitive are they to the exact questions that get asked because you do get real differences in this she was a professor too is there a professor out there that's not a communist in the meantime what is the real economy doing what are the headwinds right now for this company and do you expect them to last through the rest of this year Sure. So we, we do think that the environment for the consumer um, is going to remain challenging through a lot of this year. Um, one of the things that's unique to the home improvement market is that we're still battling a massive pull forward in demand during the pandemic. If you look at the share of personal consumption on goods, you're seeing a reversion to the mean. And if you look even a little bit deeper and look at the portion of personal consumption expenditures related to home improvement specifically, you'll see there's been a pretty sharp drop since peaking um, early in 2021. That's Bloomberg finance talk for things suck and they're going to suck some more. Easy. No one's calling you, Kamala. Greg in Rogers Park. Hey, Sean. Hey, Sean, I got myself in a little bit of trouble at work as a social worker. Oh, I refused boy. to take some, some people to get an abortion. And I, and I walked out on a speaker today at work that was talking about um, um, this new doctor-assisted suicide bill, which I'm totally against. And I, I was told that I, I've got one strike and I, do two, and I got two left. Oh, like baseball. Uh, let me, uh, before we glaze over something, what are you talking about, the Illinois Senate bill for assisted suicides? What are they going to buy people yeah, tickets on the red line? Yeah, I'm against that entirely. And they, an idiot there talking about it today, trying to get some of my elderly people to be You stepped on my line. Are they going to buy people oh. a ticket on the red line? In the meantime, what do, you, do they have a bill to help kill people, aside from traveling through neighborhoods in Chicago? Yeah, it's where you can, if you feel like if a doctor signs off on it that thinks that you have an incurable disease or a condition, you can get a doctor-assisted uh, medicine to put you out. To oh. keep yourself a uh, minister. Like the Nazis. I'm, I'm totally against it. Yeah. yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's just awful in my opinion. Are they calling it a bust-out abortion? What are they calling it? 
No, they're calling it Dr. They just said what it is, Dr. Assisted Suicide Bill. I remember when people laughed at Rahm Emanuel's brother, the creepy doctor. Creepy. Oh, he was doctor. awful. He's a real yeah. jerk. Yeah, but he didn't want people to go above 74. That's why you seniors in Chicago, you better look out. Your doctor will start signing notes. Greg and Rogers Power, how many, how many years you got there? How many years you got in the government? Oh, in government? Well, well, I work for a non-for-profit. In the social work, I okay. do my 12th year. Well, don't you have one of those mystical, magical unicorn pensions where you could sit on your ass and wait for delivery drivers like uh, Cream Puff Jim? No, I don't do that because I'm an oh. independent contractor. Oh. I don't join a union or anything. I refuse to join you any that garbage. You mean to tell me I, you didn't I, know one short-in-the-pants guy that could get you in one of those trucks where you wait around for a pension? I call them pension incubators. I wouldn't no? do that. I, oh. I, no, I, don't, I don't get involved with that. I'm a diehard conservative. Right, you know, more Good conservative for you. the better. Right? Character is expensive, and Democrats build stretch marks. Ooh, write that down, squirrel. Rich, Indian Head Park. Hey, Sean, how you doing tonight? Good, how are you, kid? Good. Listen, I was uh, looking at some headlines, and uh, one of the headlines was uh, they rated all of the presidents on their greatness. And here's the joke. Here's the joke. All right. all right, who's the greatest one of all? No, no, here's the joke. They had Biden rated the 14th greatest president. They had Obama <laughs> in the top 10. Sure. And they and they said Jimmy Carter was underrated. And, of course, guess who was last? Trump. Donald Trump. Was he really? Yeah. That's yeah. great. That's great. So who rated him? What Marxist organization rated him? Uh, it, was some, uh, it was some presidential uh, group. Right here. Right here with your presidential group, Rich. Because you know why? They're government bureaucrats. You're good at nothing. You've been right about nothing your entire miserable existence. We need to have uh, a realization that we've got a, about 35 years worth of oil left in the whole world. Wrong. We're going to run out of oil. No, we got about 100 more years of your crooked ass, your stupid ass left. Has this son of a gun died yet? Is he still on a pillow? <sighs> Somebody give him one of those assisted suicides. In the meantime, the idea that you do that to people is only something Democrats could come up with. I wouldn't do it. Let him breathe like a guppy till he's done. In the meantime, make fun of him because he and the Democrat mafia have done nothing but destroy every single thing they've ever touched. In fact, Squirrel, did you hear about the CTA beating? Here's some more illegal aliens. Benefits of more illegals. Three young men and a teen facing a Cook County judge this afternoon. The four suspects are accused of assaulting and robbing a person on a CTA train Saturday. But in court today, new details emerging. The suspects described as Venezuelan migrants. The With the $2,500 gift card, the free housing, the clothes, the shoes you barely had. Or did they have shoes? Because I can't help but notice a lot of these guys are dressed okay coming across the border. They got $110 sneakers on and everything. WGN's Julian Cruz is live at the Layton Criminal Courts building with details. Julian. Well, hey, guys, three of the four Venezuelan asylum seekers already facing Mr. Why doesn't CPS ask, why are you leaving? After all, you guys love that socialism, Marxism, bull dunk. Where the hell are you going? Venezuela has beaches. It has sun. It has those bikinis. Not the ones that the regular Democrats turn their boxer shorts into a thong. They got the real thongs. In the meantime... Why would you leave there for here? Oh, more victims. Meaner retail theft charges, according to court records, but now facing much more serious felony charges of robbery and aggravated assault. Good thing for them they're before a Cook County judge. Odds are. 
They're back at their free housing eating free meals. Based on details released in circuit court today, the four suspects identified to be asylum seekers. All Oh, what happened? You have more asylum seekers that happen to be degenerate gang-banging scumbags. What's the word they don't want you to say? Thugs. Yeah, they're thugs. Only these ones, I think these are the ones that uh, Darwin was looking for. Four individuals facing the same set of criminal charges, one felony count of robbery and aggravated battery by strangulation. The suspects are identified as 20-year-old Carlos Carreño Carreño. Eight- Carreño Carreño? What are your parents soft? What are they, drunks? They gave you the same name twice? Carreño Carreño. 18-year-old Yanir Guasmacare Garcia. Yanir? Oh, Yanir! I said, give me the sandwich, Yanir! What the hell is going on with these names? 21-year-old Wilker Gutierrez Sierra and 22-year-old Fernando Loyal Rodriguez. Chicago. What are the odds their parents are cousins, Squirrel? Yeah, you're right. Less than if they were Middle Eastern. Chicago police arresting the four men Saturday night on the 2000 block of South Pulaski Road. Investigators say the suspects battered a 49-year-old CTA rider. As well, that's okay. The 49-year-old guy, he could afford it. After all, he's got the privilege. God knows what happened. He's walking around with his fancy shoes, his own job. Give him a beating. He was on board a CTA train near the 2000 block of South Costner Avenue to make matters worse for the suspects. Today's judge calling the robbery an act of violence. The 49-year-old victim strangled by one of the migrants, according to investigators. The victim... You sure that's not just a Venezuelan uh, greeting that uh, customary to their indigenous species there? entirely losing consciousness as the suspects robbed him. Fortunately, it appears that the victim has recovered from his ordeal. Now, three of the four suspects will remain behind bars, according to this Cook County. What about the fourth one? Does he have to go out and rob somebody else for the bail money? County judge awaiting a trial date if convicted on the felony robbery and assault charges. Uh, immigration experts say three of the four could be looking at the future future possibility of deportation. Oh, gee, that's all you got to do? You got to beat, rob, and strangle a guy to get deported? Oh, that's fantastic. Tony in Riverside. So Rich forgot the most important thing. Do you know who was number 15 on that list behind Joe Biden? Who? Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan was 15. Joe Biden outranked. Ronald, Ronald Reagan. Reagan. That, yep. What? It's yep. fucking awesome. That's why I'm going to tell you, Tony, right now, I can't stand these fracking Democrats. I don't care if they work in government, if they vote for them. I can't stand them. Their head is so far up their ass that they think this is a political party versus a crime organization. They should go out. Oh, disgusting bastards. Luckily for you, I've got a Ronald Reagan clip. Seven o'clock this evening, Eastern Time, air and naval forces of the United States launched a series of strikes against the headquarters, terrorist facilities, and military assets that support Muammar Gaddafi's subversive activities. Colonel Gaddafi is not only an enemy of the United States. His record of subversion and aggression against the neighboring states in Africa is well documented and well known. He has ordered the murder of fellow Libyans in countless countries. He has sanctioned acts of terror in Africa, Europe, and the Middle East, as well as the Western Hemisphere. You know what else Ronnie did at night, Squirrel? He, uh, he fired one at the house. Boom. Annihilated a few family members. Good for you, Gaddafi. Now you could see him back in hell. We'll be back after this. 
Broadcasting from the petri dish of corruption known as the state of Illinois. In the upper Midwest, the nation, and around the world. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Because I want to be a cowboy, baby. Now, when we got the call from the gentleman who started off with conspiracy theory, I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist. In the first hour, squirrel. Do you do you recall that gentleman's name? I don't. I don't. But um, I mean him no disrespect. But I want to prove my point even further. You see, when we, and when I say we, I mean me, spoke out against the greatest fraud perpetrated on humanity, called COVID and their fraud trillion dollar profit of garbage vaccine. I believe we were labeled, or I was labeled a conspiracy theorist, wasn't I? Well, I wasn't. I was Karnak because I was right again. In terms of how widespread the adverse event reporting has been, uh, talk us through what the... You'll have to forgive her, Squirrel. They changed the word side effects, the phrase side effects, which means if you take it, you'll have an effect that you wouldn't have had had you not taken it. So they changed the word to make you feel like you're not a victim of fraud. Can we sue them? Let's sue them. Findings were... Yeah, so these findings are not really uh, at all surprising. We've known about these uh, side effects really since the vaccines began rolling out. Uh, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. When did that change? Because I've been called a conspiracy theorist for saying the exact same thing. Beginning, during, until now. They poisoned the people. At the end of um, 2020, early 2021, um, we've seen um, this uh, uh, myocarditis, inflammation of the heart muscle, pericarditis, inflammation of the, the sac around the heart, um, as well as this um, unusual blood uh, clot that um, forms in the brain from um, the, the virus vector vaccine. So none of these. So how many tens of millions were injured by this vaccine or have to walk around and wonder when they'll be struck by the side effects. Is there a case? Is there a AG in a state that wants to take on the oligarchs? I mean, how much, how many Americans have to die or is it just the important ones? Because the reality is the important ones probably didn't take it. Findings are, are new, um, but they are actually fairly reassuring um, because they didn't find anything uh, else that um, was... Uh... Oh, nothing else. Heart attack, stroke, you walk around with the Bell's palsy where you look like Dr. Awardy dragging half your face around. That's all fine. Not to mention blood clots and what it's done to women. You want to talk about a travesty and, a, and something that all should be a class action suit of. But then again, who will get the money? The same gangster government that forced you to take it? Like they did with Oxycontin? Jim in Campton Hills. Hey, Don, how you doing? Hey, Jim, how are you? Uh, you know, I love your opinions, and I'm right in the middle of a book called The Creature from Jekyll Island. About the creation of the Federal Reserve in 1911. Brother, game changer. The book is going to change your perspective on a lot of things, kid. You've already been there. Yeah, it's excellent. I've heard about it and finally got to reading it. Thank you. Oh, anytime. Uh, Experts on that or opinions? Oh, it's absolutely the truth. It talks about the Leviathan that was created by oligarchs so that they would have perpetual control over our economy. And it is the greatest detriment to the to the success of of the individual American. Arguably, it's the greatest detriment since uh, the idea that we would uh, uh, adopt a progressive tax by the same president, by the way, Woodrow Wilson. And he was a Marxist. So it makes absolute sense that he would do things, put the seed of communism in our government 
and now the Leviathan yeah, is unstoppable. Yeah, yeah, I'm very absolutely. aware of it. Everything Notice I how hear about Woodrow, one of my favorite parts of the book Woodrow. is that if they worked, the servers all showed up dead within 30 days. Anybody who was on Jekyll Island during the formation of the Federal Reserve plot to control our economy. We'll be back. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy, because it feels so empty without It's me. interesting, in my neighborhood, like often of me, referred so to as forever bothering Italians. One thing's for certain, back in the day, you didn't, might not have agreed with a lot of the FBI agents, but you understood that the vast majority, vast majority, were patriots. And they were trying to fight for the principles of Americanism rather than undermine it. I don't think the vast majority of Americans feel that way anymore. In fact, my next guest not only spent 33 years as a FBI special agent, he is the author of the book, The Fall of the FBI, How a Once Great Agency Became a Threat to Democracy. I am about midway through it. It is absolutely fantastic. He is Thomas J. Baker. How are you? I'm so glad to be with you again, well, I like having you on. You're the only FBI agent I have ever been approached by and talked to that doesn't have another FBI agent waiting to throw me in the hooskow. So it's always a pleasure to have you come on. Okay. <laughs> but I wanted to talk to you after Smirnoff was arrested. And the reason I wanted to talk to you is I think that uh, propaganda is a dangerous thing. And I think when people hear that a former FBI informant by the name of Smirnoff had been arrested, uh, for giving misinformation. I don't think people understand what it takes to be an FBI agent. I mean, after all, you guys aren't taking everybody who knocks on the door and says, I want to be an informant, are you? No. And uh, this particular individual apparently was for a long time a very valuable source of information, uh, being located, in, having contacts in and out of the Ukraine and along with the uh, crooked people in this country that are involved in the Ukraine. Uh, and the Ukraine is still, uh, I realize they're fighting a noble battle right now against the Russian invaders, but it is still and has been for decades uh, an extremely corrupt country uh, that presents a lot of problems. And in fact, the the issue after the fall of the Iron Curtain, after the fall of the Soviet Union, was that very connected, high up KGB agents, government bureaucrats became oligarchs overnight and they became that way not because they earned it or invested they became that way because it was a strongman government and that's really who we're dealing with whether it's putin or ihor kolomoisky the man behind all the presidents in ukraine one thing's for certain these are the same assets of the kgb and it's interesting in this case because his information was about a former energy minister of ukraine who became the real owner of Burisma, and his name is Mikola Zlochevsky. And the information he had wasn't information alone. It was recordings. He was bugged. And there is an allegation and a tape floating around somewhere that has Mikola Zlochevsky bragging about having to bribe the American then-Vice President through his son, 
who did work for Burisma. But somehow that's all taken out of context, and all we know is that Smirnoff got arrested. So what does this feel like to you, somebody with 33 years' experience in the FBI? Okay, well, first of all, a caveat right up front. I don't know the specific lies uh, or falsehoods that Smirnoff may or may not have set forth or provided. Uh, but the fact is, for a number of years, we, kn- we now know, thanks to the uh, pushing from Congress, that Smirnoff was, in fact, an informant, um, a confidential human source, use whatever word you want to, and had provided valuable information and was paid for that information over a period of years. Now, getting back to, to your original premise in some of this discussion, the Ukraine is an extraordinarily corrupt and difficult area to, to work in, and it is very frustrating. So having a, a good uh, confidential human source, or whatever you want to call it, an informant like this fellow, uh, is extremely valuable uh, because there is overlap from the Ukraine. It's not just counterintelligence, it's a tremendous overlap into criminal activities, criminal activities perhaps involving people in this country. Now, I had, a, I may have told you this before, but only about five years ago, and I won't mention the individual's name, the woman's name, but I was at a conference uh, in Europe, actually in Monaco, a law enforcement conference, and one of the people at it was a woman who was serving then as the legal attache in Kiev. And I engaged her in conversation because I had been a legal attache, and she told me she was very frustrated and actually angry about the situation. She said she's been assigned there. The Bureau had sent her to school for a full year to learn Ukrainian. Uh, she's assigned there in Kiev. And she says, I can't be a legat like you are. I can't take anybody out for lunch. I can't take anybody for a cup of coffee. Uh, the parameters that the Ukrainian government set up on her being there as the FBI official representative accredited from the embassy uh, was that there was only one person, one window, so to speak, she could go to in the Ukrainian intelligence service on a daily basis. Now, we now know from a lot of stuff that's been made public in connection with all the looking at the Hunter Biden nonsense is that Ukrainian intelligence service was heavily infiltrated by the Russians. That's acknowledged by everybody. So she was told you could only go to this one place and she was forbidden by terms of being there in the Ukraine to take anybody out and buy them a cup of coffee or buy them a cocktail in the evening. And this is how you grease the skids and get business done. This is not peculiar to the FBI. I mean, even local and local law enforcement with their, uh, their own contacts often do that. You meet somebody, you buy them a cup of coffee. I mean, it's no big sin. It's just how you do business. She was very frustrated and angry. She seemed like a very bright young woman. I say young because she was younger than me, but, uh, (laughs) Uh, she was very frustrated by this terrible situation that she could not develop any contacts. So somebody having, whether in the FBI or elseways, having this one contact in the Ukraine was very valuable because they were not a cooperative uh, ally, a cooperative partner. Now, most places where the FBI has a legal attache in a foreign embassy, we're dealing with very cooperative people. Uh, whether it's the, the, the traditional allies, like in Canada, uh, 
or 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 new places in Eastern Europe, they want to have a relationship with the FBI. They want to exchange information with the FBI. And this woman described how she would go with her request and just present the printed request at this window. And then she would get responses to previous requests or demands from the Ukrainians for information from U.S. services. And she said she could not develop any contacts whatsoever. And she was very angry and frustrated by that. I only tell you that firsthand story uh, to to just show you how difficult and aggravating it is to work in the Ukraine. Tom, I, I, I love history. I mean, I love it. I don't I really. I, you and I have talked a few times now. You know, I don't watch men in tights chase balls. I don't care about any of the other stuff. This is how I spend my time. And it's fascinating, the ignorance of so many Americans to be unaware of exactly what is happening in Europe, specifically in the former Soviet Union. There is no good guy. And the reality is that Ukraine, since the fall of the Iron Curtain, the citizens have been victims of a corrupt government. They were embroiled in a civil war. Their investigative reporters were disappeared on a regular basis. The oligarch whose name I mention is not mentioned often. His name, Ihor Kolomoisky, had his own army. They have a money laundering scheme. They were former Soviet intelligent guys who became oligarchs overnight with massive amounts of wealth. The people were cast into servitude. The country's entire GDP was $19 billion. The money for the bulk of it was held among the oligarchs, and the people were left to squalor, just like in Chicago. And this is the part where the difference is supposed to be. We are supposed to be the rule of law country. We are supposed to be the good guys whose government doesn't protect the oligarchs the way they do in Ukraine or Russia. Pick it. It doesn't matter to me. It's the same in in Havana. It's the same in Venezuela. These are gangster governments. The problem I have is our government, specifically your old agency, is mimicking the KGB. They sat on the laptop for two years. They sat on the information. There is no legitimate reason under the sun why Hunter Biden would be on this board other than corruption. If you look at Joe Biden's own history as the vice president held back a congressional policy of loan guarantees, which has enough ambiguity to make my head spin in the first place, until they fired the prosecutor. This is crooked and corrupt that would make Chicago Democrats blush, Tom. Why are we still playing games here? Well, Sean, you're absolutely right. And I don't think there's anybody with a straight face that could justify or give you a good explanation of why Hunter Biden has gotten these positions and these colossal amounts of money. Uh, It's just, it boggles the mind. It's clearly, obviously, influence peddling, the influence he could bring, supposedly, through his father, whether his father being the vice president or the president, uh, to get things done. Uh, It's, 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 and it's colossal. Now, uh, getting back to your original point about this, declaration that this one particular FBI informant has now been to some extent discredited. The other thing to bear in mind is a lot more information that's come out of the Ukraine uh, about Hunter Biden and his and the money involved and specifically money laundering. There's a tremendous number and I forget the exact number but like 50 or 60 suspicious activity reports, SARS reports, SARS <laughs> have been filed by various banking and other financial institutions. So that means, and a lot of your listeners may not know this, but a suspicious activity report under under U.S. law 
banks principally, but also other financial institutions that deal in, in uh, money transfers, if they believe something crosses their desk that looks suspicious, they're supposed to file this report. And and these 50 or 60 instances where somebody thought enough that there was something crooked here, the way this money was moving around. So that's substantial. Uh, and the, uh, the House committees, for one, that are investigating uh, Hunter Biden and his uh, corrupt relationship with his father and his uncles, have that information, but there's there's so much concrete stuff like that uh, that we now know about that the fact that one informant uh, has been discredited uh, is not that significant. You know what's fascinating is we had the FBI guys that uh, that flipped and said, "Look, what's going on here is crazy," and they were they testified before Congress, and the FBI rather than adopt that information work to protect itself in something that is reminiscent of the Soviet Union, of Havana, of Venezuela. And I know this is a particular stone in your shoe. You spent 33 years in the agency. But the, the, the sad reality is this. American citizens, by and large, those very American citizens that prior to uh, Joe Biden becoming vice president, uh, uh, and let alone what he is now, they supported the FBI. Those very tens of millions of citizens are me. And they feel about this agency the way I feel today, where I don't have any zero faith in the Federal Bureau of Investigation. In fact, I'm aware how they sat on the evidence, how they protected the evidence. To me, uh, what are they going to do in the reality after the next election when the Democrats mysteriously win again, when the uh, American citizens decide it's too corrupt it's time to defund the FBI. Are they aware that that's how tens of millions of Americans feel right now today? Well, they should be aware. And, and my disappointment with the current director, uh, Ray, is that he keeps laying this off on individual failings. Uh, and the fact is, and, and he, he's done this, he's done it in congressional testimony, which people have the opportunity here. He's also done it when he spoke to groups of former agents at our various conferences. And he constantly says he goes back to the Russian collusion hoax. And he said, well, everybody involved there, Comey, Strzok, McCabe, you know all the names. Yeah. They've all been showing the door. We have these other terrible things that have happened. The Governor Whitmer case, two agents were fired in connection with the mishandling of that. Uh, so many other things. And then uh, the uh, we had just uh, oh, six or eight months ago now, John Durham's report, which laid out that there never was any predicate whatsoever for opening the investigation of uh, Trump's uh, Trump and the Trump organization uh, presidential campaign. And uh, he says, well, all those people are gone. Uh, and now we have uh, recent uh, information, which uh, I, I think you're aware of, uh, from a couple of independent investigative reporters, Matt Tahibi, uh, Michael yes. Schellenberger. Those people, and, and they've gone back and, and they've pointed out how the FBI just was so easily led or misled uh, by John Brennan's CIA. And the, and the fact is they just weren't keeping to their old standards. Uh, all of that has to be changed. All of that has to be reformed. But unfortunately, the explanation we keep getting is, well, they're no longer with us. But the culture is the problem. And the culture that was twisted and turned around 
uh, first by Bob Mueller and then by the terrible leadership of James Comey, is the problem, the underlying culture. And and that's a big job to change that. But that's what really has to be changed. You know, Tom, uh, it's interesting. People don't realize that um, in Russia today, there is still between 20 and 40 percent of Russians that prefer the old Soviet iron fist government. They prefer it right now. In this country, uh, the agency you worked for built its legacy on the FBI fighting communism and Marxism. That's why there was yes. so many uh, there was so much success in Chicago. But what the communists and the Marxists did to me was brilliant when they uh, got the the direction of Sololinsky. He knew that the greatest and most successful way to implement his philosophy was to infiltrate the bureaucracies. When you talk about um, Brennan of the CIA and Comey of the FBI, these are guys who in the 70s were advocates and supporters of Gus Hall, a communist. Yes. Now, for some reason, Tom, this information glazes over the faces of the Chicago Democrat because he doesn't realize his stupidity, his willful ignorance, is what is turning our bureaucracies into the KGB and the Iron Curtain and the Iron Fist of government that the Soviets miss. And that's when you realize that good people in these agencies are starting to fear the truth. They are now afraid to become uh, uh, people who talk of the corruption in the FBI, whistleblowers. Do you think that that's to the, a boiling point now where good guys that are in the FBI are starting to fear coming forward and revealing the fact that the FBI is working with the most corrupt aspects of politicians in our country. There's no doubt that a lot of people feel that way. And I'll tell you, I've had this personal experience, Sean, over the past six or eight months with, with my book. Not, no, no surprise, I've been doing book signings at Barnes & Noble and similar locations in several states, book signings and book talks. And I'll have people come up to me, people that I don't know, people that are 20 years younger than me, and they'll, they'll identify themselves that they currently work in the FBI or that they just retired or resigned in the past year or that their husband is an FBI agent. And they say to me in so many words, it's worse than you think. It's yeah. awful. Everybody wants to get out. Uh, uh, and I, I just went to lunch with a relatively high ranking person who retired at the end of December. And he told me the same thing. He said, everybody wants to get out as soon as they can. It's just awful. Tom, I want you to know, I really think there should be something. My, 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 my company here is a fantastic company, and they have a news station that they're starting. And I really think there has to be a venue for ex-government employees who understand the corruption and want to speak out against it to come and put their face in front of the people. Because once your face is there and you tell your story, it's hard to argue with. And as I go through your book, which is absolutely fantastic. It's a mix of emotions because it reminds me of the era when you could be proud of your government, when you could be proud of the investigators that were trying to protect the people versus protect the government. You know, the problem I have, Tom, is, and I mean this lovingly, you're old, and I need young people to start to believe like you. Are you optimistic that they are out there and that this can be turned around? Or are we going to have to go through the 72 years of fascistic despotism the Soviets went through? I wish I could say with great conviction that I think it can change. I've been trying to change. There are other people that are advocating this. There are people, some of them in rather high positions in the DOJ and the FBI that I talk to, 
Uh, but there are so many others that just don't see this. And some of them, especially among this cadre of intelligence analysts, this new cadre that came to the fore uh, after Mueller there, they actually, they're very bold. Uh, a lot of these are what we would call woke individuals. They have a point of view, and they're going to use the bureaucracy to push their point of view. That, to most of us uh, who grew up where we knew we had to stay within the confines of the Constitution, is very shocking. So I hope we can change the culture, but I'm I'm not overly optimistic uh, as I once was because there are just so many woke people today who are bound and determined to push their own agenda. If we do turn it around, I mean this, I think the book is fantastic. The book is The Fall of the FBI, How a Once Great Agency Became a Threat to Democracy. It'll not just be because you wrote the book, but it, it will be because you set the example. And you spent 33 years as an FBI special agent who was an instructor. And I'm sure that there's somebody in that position right now who may not be listening but may hear this interview and find the courage to do the right thing, and that is to expose the corruption that is unfortunately the bureaucracy calling itself the FBI because people are losing faith in it. And that's what holds this whole thing together. And ironically, it's people like me. It's people who pay taxes, who followed the rules, who played inside the game and believed that the government was there to protect me versus become a, a KGB entity. So I appreciate you, Tom Baker. And you let everybody know, anybody who wants to come on my show and talk about this, they have a venue. All right? Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you, Sean. Thank you for all the good you're doing. Thank you very much, Tom. I appreciate you. We'll be back with your calls and comments. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. So, Squirrel, I went to 560theanswer.com slash tickets for the Riley Gaines event. Ticket prices are 35 bucks for general admission. They have a bar there. And uh, the VIP ticket is $75. You get, an, you get appetizers and a drink. And you get to take your picture with Riley Gaines. But I, I, I can't wait. I'm really looking forward to the event. I can guarantee you this. There will be no communists. There will be no Marxists. There will be no legacy Democrats, short-in-the-pants Chicago Mafia members. None. There will only be good people fighting to resurrect Americanism. You know, the kind that brought us the prosperity and wealth that we'd enjoyed and taken for granted and thought would never end. They'll all be there. Frank and Evanston. How you doing? Good, Frank. So I had two points I wanted to make. Basically, this whole informant thing, to me, just sounds like Biden is losing. He's really on the outs. They need damage control. And we've seen this sort of thing happen with Watergate and, you know, Hoover and Helms. In my yeah. opinion, I disagree with your guest. I think that the FBI and CIA, at least the upper echelons, have been in control. They've been controlled by the oligarchy primarily since the days of Aaron Burr and the Boston bombings, Brahmins and the... Wow. India cartel. Look at this. This is a guy that studied some history there. Well, I'd like to think, Frank, that during those years, maybe in the 70s or, I don't, you know, maybe I, I, it's hard to argue with you. Number one, it's hard to argue with you. But I'd like to think there were enough good guys that made up the special agents like like my last guest did. That Tom, that 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 made the upper echelon nervous that they could only go so far. I'd like to think there were a, a good couple of guys who were agents that sa would say, I'm not going along with that. That's against everything I believe. And, you know, maybe you're right, but the one thing's for sure, there are not a lot of guys like Tom Baker left. So thank you, Frank, for uh, listening. I appreciate your perspective very much, and I hope I see you. 
time in Blue Island. Hey, Sean Dittos, uh yeah, like Frank said, great guests and Mr. Baker. He made a couple uh, key points. One, I thought was he said mentioned when he has book signings, he said he gets agents and f- and family members of agents that come up to him and they talk about how much everyone wants to get out. And what does that leave, Sean? That leaves the scumbags. And so we're, we endlessly hear how – uh, we're not supposed to knock the everyday agent. They're, they're, they're the ones that are on the ground doing the work. And, it's, and it gets to January 6th, Sean, when everything's a qualifier where you got to say, uh, well, we, we support the people, but we don't, we don't support the ones that cause violence. If we, if we don't stand up to these people, Sean, we're going to keep getting our asses kicked. Well, we are standing up. I think tides are changing, and, I, and also history is vindicating us. Because, for instance... It's hard for us to go through it, but there's also a massive opportunity here. We have done our job in exposing the lies that the government has been selling on everything, from the vaccine to the original origins of COVID, but specifically when it comes to the Russian collusion hoax and the, and the corruption within our bureaucracies. The fact that we allowed two Gus Hall supporters, two who openly admitted they supported Gus Hall, the communist. You remember, Squirrel, the communist. The communist vote is a vote for life, a vote for the communist ticket. It is a vote to end racism to all forms of discrimination. It is a vote for jobs, a vote for a decent income, a home for everyone, for full equality of women, especially on the job. It is a vote for free child care centers and for working mothers a six-month maternity leave with full pay. It is now, somewhere, Squirrel, in the audience, there's somebody listening who's saying, wait a minute, that's exactly what the policy of the Democrat mafia is. That's how they sell this lie, this utopian fraud. And they'll put two and two together and realize that's Gus Hall. That's the communist who was supported by Brennan and Comey. That's the one. And then they'll realize, wait a minute, how did they build their apparatchik? Because they all got jobs in our government. That's how. And then maybe through that knowledge, you can change some minds because not everybody's going to be happy selling out the principles of Americanism for a phony lie, even if they get a mystical, magical pension and they pretended that the short in the pants mafia were just politicians in Chicago and they were Democrats. Right, Cream Puff, Jim? Yeah, I, I just think I was in a tricky contest and the winner got a pair of golden moccasins and they were... yeah. He, I, I, I was I was short a shot in a beer. I, I got beat. But the so guy how many pairs did him, you buy? How many pairs of the Trump sneakers did you buy? <laughs> what do you mean? Those are the only, you see, they're high tops. They're good I, I, for I, you fat guys. Ankle stability so your yeah, big fat ass doesn't tip yeah, over when you're walking down the stairs. Yeah, but I mean, I got to have them like, doesn't he have bone spurs? I gotta have something with orthopedic. Uh, no, these are for like yeah, Trump, these right? are for flat feet. They got an arch built in them. If I, want, them. if I want to dodge, the, if I if I get drafted, I can dodge it draft to the man. You're That's gonna the love them. And you know what they go with the Kamala Harris platinum knee pads for your old job when you used to have to get down and kiss the ass of those short in the pants gangsters. You remember? <laughs> you could have used a pair of them then. Look at you now, waiting for your DoorDash. In the meantime. Is anybody going to point out the World Government Summit? Am I, uh, has anybody talked about this, Squirrel? And when I was speaking here, seven years ago, 
after having written a book about the fourth industrial revolution, Jawohl! I showed how this... You think the name of the book was Jawohl! A Nazi? I find it hysterical that his father built the flamethrowers that burned up our soldiers. Klaus Schwab gets his ass kissed by Gavin Newsom and every other Democrat in, in this country. Revolution will change how we live, how we act, how we communicate. How well, he's right there. For instance, I can't remember a time in my history when anybody would take a pot-bellied old man dressed as a female admiral seriously. Hello, I'm Admiral Rachel Levine. This Black History Month... No, you're not. You're just a fat Marxist dressed like a female admiral. You're not really an admiral. I'm pleased to partner with OMH in advancing better health through better understanding for black communities. Go ahead. All the tough gangbangers on the south side. You listen up to that man dressed like a woman. He's your overlord now. Climate change is having a disproportionate effect on the physical and mental health of black communities. That and the fact that they're controlled by street gangs. You freaking moron. 312-642-5600. That's it. Einhorn is Finkel. Finkel is Einhorn. Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome on the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Oh, there you go, a little hanging out of the helicopter music. I was nervous, I thought you were going to come with Michael Jackson. Hell of a singer, terrible babysitter. What about that John Podesta? Wasn't he linked to a lot of kid sniffing too? He's in charge of all this climate energy money, huh? Man, the stealing these rat bastards are doing. You think it's just Hunter Biden and Jim Biden? Uh, did anything come of the AmeriCorps story we talked about yesterday? You know, where the company that hired, what, four of the Biden family members was just found stealing from Medicare $100 million? Anybody? Anybody? FBI? What are you guys doing? Busy? Getting haircuts? Yeah, I know you're not getting your, your suits tailored. Can one of you ask your wife if she has my watch? Corey Woodlawn. Hey, Sean, thanks for taking the call. I did want to mention this about uh, the mental health. The reason why they're pumping mental health in black communities so hard is because they referendum about a year ago mental health on our property taxes. So right now, if you go to MariaPappas.com, you put your PIN number in for these south side neighborhoods, there's a mental health tax directly linked to your property taxes now. That was referendum, referendum about a year ago. So they're so stealing our money now. Explain it to me, mental health tax referendum. You mean that there's a tax fee if your property is located on the south side, there's an extra fee for mental health, or or do you get money off if you say you feel depressed? How does it work? No, it's an extra fee that's on there now for mental health. So even though me and my family, we have medical insurance through our jobs, and even though there's free uh, clinics by the county, now they're writing our property tax bill with this mental health line item. Well, I just went back to I just went back to Illinois, and this is a discussion I had, and 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 I I thought I paid the taxes, and I didn't see that on my bill. Is this exclusive to the, just black neighborhoods on the south side? No, it was referendum in our neighborhood alone. So people knocked on doors about a year ago and told us they wanted to referendum this. But but thanks to Mike Madigan, the referendum was only supposed to be a suggestion. So I. You know, I told him, no, I didn't want the stuff. It's crazy. I never thought it would pass. This referendum, they specifically made it a law. You know, Corey, this is what happened, and it was Barack Obama's presidency. 
And something happened in Illinois where they admitted it was not going to be, you were not going to pay taxes on the ad valorem basis anymore. It wasn't going to be on the value of your house. It was going to be on things like this. This is truly insane that because you own a house, you, you are an asset to society, but yet you're going to be penalized for it. I have to tell you, I'm shocked you still own property there. Are you, have you considered yeah. selling? No, me and my, we, we own like eight properties, so we're, we're trying to get out of them, but we foolishly bought in bad neighborhoods, so they're not really worth the paper that they're supposed to be worth. So we, no, got Corey, I, wish, I wish you would have talked to me, babe, because it's been a, a, a very well-known industry uh, reality that hedge funds, those real estate investment trusts that, have, that are encapsulated in hedge funds, avoid specifically Cook County. They avoid them. It, and now they're starting to avoid all the Democrat areas. Corey, I wish you the best of luck. You played the game all right your whole life, and now you're being overtaxed and not represented. I, it's heartbreaking. Thank you very much, Corey, for listening and being part of the show and for educating the people. Because the idea that they would do this in the neighborhoods that can afford it the least, you're penalizing once again home ownership. This is the game. And the illegal alien that got here, nothing. Nothing but benefits. And in the meantime... What do they do to occupy themselves? Three young men and a teen facing a Cook County judge this afternoon. The four suspects are accused of assaulting and robbing a person on a CTA train Saturday. But in court today, new details emerging. The suspects described as Venezuelan migrants. WGN's Julian... Outrageous! Every single one should be deported tomorrow. But then again, the leviathan of corruption known as the politicians couldn't make money from it. Because no one's going to talk about this new Brandon Johnson thing. Oh, you really think he's pulling out? He's not pulling out. He's just stole his limit. They need a federal bailout. That's what you're witnessing in real time. And the taxing of the people, it's running out. Because good people are starting to realize what Corey just said. It's not worth it to be a property owner in Democrat-run areas. There's a lot at stake for the migrants, with Chicago bearing the responsibility for providing shelter. The county covers health care. There is no responsibility of the good citizens to provide shelter for the ones whose first decision in coming to this country was to break our law. And in the meantime, there's the other downside. They're beating up our people. They're bringing drugs in. And they're harming us. Right behind us, we have this camp of migrants from all around the world, Africans, Chinese, uh, men from Turkey that are watching these migrants come down. Some of them are on their phones. Some of them are making phone calls. Some of them are recording. Um, it's just a bizarre scene out here. There are only two single Border Patrol agents here uh, waiting to process this group. We have not seen a whole lot of Border Patrol out here uh, all day long. But, Martha, you said it off the top. Why would they be out there? You've got the blue states that decided to nullify immigration law and enrich the lawbreakers again. We'll be back in 21 hours to expose it all. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.